we tended to focus a lot on research and development when we were thinking about innovation when we were measuring it and obviously that's a big part of it but it, it's it, it's not the whole picture and because of we'd focus so much on it policy decisions had tended to to focus on that area as well so there was all these other parts of you know adoption of technology diffusion of technology sort of bit more incremental innovation so we perhaps weren't capturing that and as a consequence the policies to respond to that weren't flowing Welcome to the Innovation Metrics Podcast, where we bring you the latest on innovation management. We provide insights on how to measure innovation, innovation accounting, and managing the uncertain process of developing new, sustainable, and profitable business models. You can find links to the main topics covered in this episode and information about the guests and hosts in the show notes, or go to our blog on innovationmetrics.co. Your host is Aaliyah Eilert. Hi, everybody. Today, I'm excited to welcome Joseph Brooks on the show. Joseph is a senior reporter at Innovation Oz. He covers technology, policy, and business news with a focus on Australia's innovation ecosystem. Welcome, Joseph. Thanks for having me, Elijah. So today, we're going to cover the hot topic of the Innovation Metrics Review, uh, recently released by the, by the Australian government or commissioned by the Australian government to improve the the way we measure innovation in Australia. And Joseph has been covering this as a as a journalist and I thought he would be a fantastic guest to yeah to provide us with an overview. He's got some insights into how it came about and who's been working on it. So that will be our main topic for today. Cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Joseph, so could you tell us a little bit about yourself a little bit more for, before we kick off? Yeah. So how did you come about working for Innovation Oz? Sure. Uh, so I joined Innovation Oz about 18 months ago. I uh, I was working sort of in business journalism before that, and I was just, you know, always a, a, a very big fan. I was reading Innovation Oz, and the opportunity came up to join. And yeah, it's been excellent. It's um, it's it's an area I think is fascinating, you know, tech technology, tech policy, it's as broad as you want it to be. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's an area that if we get right as Australia, it's it's there's just huge potential for, for change. And um, it's an area we don't always get right. So it, it, it's important, I think, to to report on that and and celebrate the successes and, and learn from from the mistakes when we when we see them. And uh, in case you guys wonder about the fantastic quality, sound quality, you get a podcast as well, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, yeah. It's uh, I think you know everyone started a podcast during COVID, right. so yeah, um, we've we've uh, <laughs> we have one our own, and yeah, it's just uh, it's it's handy to have. I think now we're all sort of working from home quite often. It's 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 nice to have a good mic. Okay, so to say this up front as well, everything that we covered that's relevant as usual, we'll be highlighting this in the show notes. So any links to to podcasts and articles and any other relevant resources you can find in the show notes. Right? Cool. So let's kick off the the innovation metrics uh, part. First of all, so who is supposed to make decisions? Who's intended to make decisions with these metrics or with the outcome of the report? Can you you shed some light on that? So uh, there's a bit of a history to the report, but but the it was commissioned by the Australian government uh, with the idea, but essentially the idea of how can we improve innovation if if we're not measuring it correctly. So 
the idea was we would improve our measurements. We would would find where we could improve, uh, and, and that would then inform uh, both policy decisions and and ideally public debate. So we could, uh, I guess, have a, a a better informed debate and and lead to better policy outcomes, and and ultimately be a more innovative and more uh, productive nation. Fantastic. So that's where I would like to drill in. So who who exactly in uh, like within the government? Like who are we talking about? I have to admit it. I printed it out because yeah. I feel bad for the environment and yeah, myself. But I've printed it out. You know, hard to imagine many people reading it with passion. And and there are distilled parts, obviously, in there. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's hard to 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 grasp really right now. You know, for folks who are not in government specifically, like. What agencies, what ministers, what like who's how is this supposed to be digested right now? Like if it's happening, that's another question. But at least the intention behind it. Like, could you could you help us there? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, it 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 was a review, it 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 a lot of work went into it. Uh it took quite a while. And ultimately though, it ends up with sort of a handful of recommendations and um the recommendations are essentially for Australian government. So the government of the day could could look at these recommendations and um, could they were giving given in sort of an order of priority. So they could essentially draw a line under uh, perhaps how much they wanted to commit to this or or how much sort of political will they had to bring it about. So there was a couple of recommendations that were sort of the top line ones that you you essentially had to start with, and then. Um, yeah. Depending on your appetite, you could you could go down and and do the 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 full list. So um, we never got a, a official government response. So so and we may never. So so you know we may not know what happens or or how this would be led within government. But uh, but yeah, it was there as an opportunity, and and it's, it's still there as an opportunity for the, for the new government which which released it. So who within government would be a good person to respond? Yeah, I think this would likely fall with the industry and science minister Ed Husick, but uh, I think you know the 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 recommendations, and we can get into them. Um, essentially, call for a sort of a whole of government approach to innovation. So, you know, this would likely touch several portfolios and 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 yeah. probably need the involvement of several ministers. But yeah, um, I would expect it would be sort of driven within Ed Husick's office. Fantastic. I think that's really helpful. It actually also talks about innovation leadership and 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 leadership in this approach. So, you know, <laughs> has to start somewhere, I suppose. Exactly. Somebody has to has to take the beast on, I suppose. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, before being being too nerdy, maybe it would be great to to dig a bit into the history. What do you think? Like how how did this come about? And well, and maybe to put it out there for the listeners, there is it was supposed to be released quite a while ago. So there's a, mm. how would you call it, a bit of a controversy around it or some frustration yeah. around the issues or, as well. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first government report to sort of uh, be put in a drawer and, and not see the light of day. But um, but this one definitely definitely took several years. So it was a bit of a relief when it did finally come out. So, yeah, in terms of where it began, you know, Australia's sort of been grappling with innovation and 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 how do we be more innovative and be more productive? Um, sort of turn our economy around a bit bit more from the sort of dig and ship economy that's um, served us relatively well over the last couple of decades, um, at least at least in terms of growing GDP, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I guess 
you could probably pinpoint it back to around 2017 when an, an OECD uh, study or report came out and it, and it put Australia as being uh, dead last, actually, in terms of the collaboration between universities and, and businesses. And and that's right. typically, uh, yeah, understood to be a, a, a relatively important piece of uh, innovation. So so that sort of sparked some, I guess, negative commentary uh, about, you know, you know, being the lucky country and, and we were sort of resting on our laurels a bit and we we needed to do more. So um, Innovation and Science Australia, which is within the industry department, they, as part of their sort of long-term plans, they recommended this study uh, into innovation metrics to sort of uh, decide uh, to to determine whether they were accurate, but also whether they were adequate. Um, so that's, I guess, what kicked it off. And yeah, they the government accepted that recommendation and 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 set up the set up the review. Fantastic. Why did it take so long? You think? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I don't know the exact answers. Uh, it was, from my understanding, it was it was handed. The review was completed. It was handed to government in sort of around late. 2019 and um the obvious part of that timeline is is i guess a couple of months later we were all dealing with a pandemic so um we do i think need to keep that in mind but um there, there is probably no clear reason why it wasn't released earlier and it was ultimately only the change of government um that that saw it released uh i think uh late last month hmm. Oh, thank you for releasing it finally. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So one can assume the rest there. So somebody didn't didn't gain from it or had to lose from it potentially or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You never like the, reading through the review. It's. Um. I mean, it, it highlights. I guess it. It wasn't damning on Australia by any means. I mean, this is a problem that that a lot of countries are sort of grappling with. It did. It did reveal that we were underreporting some areas of innovation and there were sort of flat out gaps in other areas so um i guess it was a bit of a wake-up call in, in that that you know overall question of how do we get better at this if we're not measuring it so in terms of that it exposed that a little bit but what it proposed was was what seems to be pretty reasonable uh and, mm. and certainly not a radical new shift it was essentially to improve uh how we measure to fill in those gaps and and to to introduce an annual sort of reporting and uh, a new entity to to sort of drive that. So not something that I think would be, you know, politically divisive or anything like no. that. But but uh perhaps, you know, at at the time with sort of dealing with a pandemic, it probably just wasn't wasn't top of the list, I would think. Hmm. One could yeah. One could say in a, a time of change, of extreme change, yes. we don't need to improve the way we innovate. Yeah, yeah. okay. Anyway, so whatever. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Thank you very much. Kind of reminds me of so it's it's kind of probably easier to to create a better baseline when you come into office and similarly in in the private sector you know mm-hmm. when when a new innovation manager is hired or president of innovation or so when and you it would be good to create a baseline very quickly because mm-hmm. otherwise any intervention you you bring to the table that is actually successful is therefore also not captured mm-hmm. definitely depending on the metric but you know you have a better chance to actually show a success as well so um well, that, I think that makes sense yeah well. that was kind of the idea i guess of, of the, the key recommendation was to establish what what they called an innovation scorecard which would yeah um sort of set those baseline metrics that the the recommendation was to get started with that straight away and and then update it every year obviously 
improve the data, improve what we were measuring as we could, but it would it would immediately mm. give us that baseline. It would give us a mm. comparison to other nations, and um, importantly, you know, it would it would sort of cut through a lot of that complexity and, and allow us, I guess, to have a, a more people at least involved in the debate about innovation policy. Yeah, no, that's great. Absolutely, absolutely. So they recommended for an entity like a responsible entity to be created there. Mm. So that goes back to who should create that entity, you think at least, or what would make sense? And yeah. Yeah. So I've yeah. I've spoken to people who were involved in the review and 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 they told me that that recommendation was was very deliberately left uh sort of open to to the government that would ultimately respond to it. So it, the entity could be, you know, anyone from from a, a person within an existing department to to a new office or, or you know, it, I guess you could even have a new uh, agency if you really wanted to, to, to go for it, I guess. But um, it was, it was deliberately left mm. up to the government to, to sort of um, you know, see how much they wanted to put into it. But, uh, again, I think the important thing was just to, to get moving and have somebody yeah. uh, that owned innovation and could sort of drive it at a national level. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Do you want to do you want to just jump into the the recommendations and to the what should we do right now and what like sure the nice to haves later would that make sense right now yeah yeah sure so yeah um we've sort of touched on the main ones there so uh, there was you know I mentioned they identified some gaps um and obviously there was a recommendation to to fill those gaps so there would be changes to the sort of surveys that the Australian Bureau of Statistics conducts to sort of Fill in those gaps, determine where um, where businesses were innovative. Because one of the key findings was the review was that um, we tended to focus a lot on on research and development when we were thinking about uh, innovation when we were measuring it. And um, obviously, that's a big part of it, but it, it's it, it's not the whole picture. And um, because of we'd focus so much on it, policy decisions had tended to to focus on that area as well. So. Um, there was all these other parts, of, you know, adoption of technology, diffusion of technology, sort of a uh, bit more incremental innovation. Um, so we perhaps weren't capturing that, and, and as a consequence, the policies to respond to that uh, weren't flowing. So there was a, a a a whole bunch of things that were recommended to capture that, and then, as I mentioned, with the scorecard, that would sort of bring it all together, uh, and we would have that that uh, annual report, I guess, on on, on how we were doing. The idea of the scorecard was, as I said, to sort of cut through, uh, cut through that that complexity. Um, so it would still be based on you know uh, more sophisticated uh, data and and better analysis, but it would be summarised in essentially what was a, a sort of one page document, um, and that would you know hopefully uh, improve the debate. So, and again, it was uh, it was. It was all built on aligning innovation with with productivity and, and improving living standards. So that was sort of the overarching thing we wanted to, the, or that the review proposed to measure. So it would sort of start with with business elements. So it would it would measure business uh, activities like their R and D spend, uh, their diffusion of technology, whether they were collaborating with other businesses on innovation, and as well as sort of things like what percentage of their new sales was for for new innovative business uh, products or services. It would then sort of move a step down to the to the wider business environment and sort of have an annual uh, measurement on on regulatory bar barriers, venture capital investments, migration, those sort of things, which had a direct impact on businesses, but perhaps were beyond an individual business's control. And then 
Finally, it would have measures for what was called the national environment. So how much was Australia investing in education, the, the sort of collective investment in R&D, um, the quality of labour inputs, those sort of things. So all in all, I think there's around 20 or maybe just under 20 of those measures and they'd fit on one page. We'd have an annual measure of them. We'd also have the trend for the last several years to sort of determine where we're going up and down. And we'd also have a ranking with comparable nations, typically OECD nations. So um, yeah, find out where we were and where we were improving and, and that would be updated annually, given to government annually, and, and that would inform those policies policy decisions. The the topic of productivity, I'm not too savvy in there, but that that seems to be at least pre-election. I think I heard that a lot from the from the now new government. That mm. was a big um, part of their thesis of how to secure how do you, the future, you know, standards, yeah, yeah. living standards of Australia, right? Yeah, and the review makes, I guess, a similar point. Essentially, we're sort of heading towards a cap. Australia has a, a relatively high uh, proportion of the population is highly educated, but that sort of has a naturally a natural cap. You can only, you know, you you can educate everyone when there's no one else left to educate. So, um, yeah. in terms of improving the economy, improving prosperity after that, it, it becomes uh, about how productive you can be. So whether you can can introduce new things or or, or, or do things better uh, is how you can be more productive. So, um, and that is, of course, tied to innovation. So that was, again, one of the key drivers for this review is, is linking how we measure innovation to productivity uh, and then how to use to improve things like living standards, for example. Yeah, we could we could go into into the scorecard now, but I feel like we we might not do that too much, right? Yeah, today, I, I mean I it's think, there, um, it's there in the review. If anyone's really keen, it's um, exactly yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting, but um, but yeah, might yeah. be getting into the weeds a little bit. Thank you for highlighting also the context again for me. This is really really helpful, and then. I guess sort of academia and research is probably not quite clear on the effectiveness, and as as the report also says, right? Not every every indicator is 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 perfect, right? And they yeah. have different, but many of them are quite meaningful. I I would agree. Um, some of them would be really interesting to talk about, specifically the relationship between R and D money spent and and actual output. I think is one of the big ones. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point because uh, the. The point being, we we look where it's easily, not necessarily where it's useful, and and that was sort of what they found when they when they looked at how we were measuring innovation. Hmm. Don't let uh, perfect be the enemy of good. Right? Yeah, definitely. So that's um, it's the same for product development, by the way. Right. It's quite uh, quite known, you know, to when you coach innovation teams, it's quite important. So, yeah, yeah. I think, think we all have a bit of. Is it analysis paralysis at one point in our lives? Yeah, yeah. And I would have never had a podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> certainly not perfect. So yeah, great. Look, I'm I'm quite interested in we hinted I hinted uh, to that as well before we started to hit the record button. I'm quite interested in in your how you go after this right how you how you find out more and how do you get hold of people to talk to for some folks it may be career sensitive uh, I, mean, I, I don't know right you don't know what you're tapping into there and how do you how do you go about interviewing people here how do you yeah. how do you find them and 
I'm I'm also maybe to throw it in, you know, I'm I'm happy to to do even more. So I might you know I might learn from that sure. Yeah, well, benefit as well, but uh, yeah, most most people um I, I think people would be surprised. Most people are quite happy to talk um about things um especially something like this where where people have put a lot of work into it and they they want to see it I guess get the attention that that it probably deserves. So in this case you know, being a government, um, a, a government commissioned review, there was there was no secrets about it. Everyone sort of knew it was happening. Um, uh, and then, you know, people were. Our understanding was people were keen to see it out in the public because, as right. I sort of mentioned with the scorecard, a big driver of this is is to have a better public debate about innovation. So, um, people understandably wanted this out. They they wanted to talk about it, and that and you know they hopefully wanted to see action come from it. So. In terms of speaking, tracking down people and speaking to them, I mean, there, there was a whole lot of people involved in this. There was sort of, um, you know, uh, steering committees or, or panels, that sort of thing that had experts. There was, you know, everyone from uh, Dr. Finkel and Mr. Kalia that I mentioned earlier. There was, um, you know, academics. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was executives from from some of Australia's biggest companies. There was really senior people from within um, the, the public service, people from from the ABS, that sort of thing, and um, yeah, they're, they're more than happy to talk about it because you know it's. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's scandalous or anything like that. It's it's people right. sort of coming together that, that they 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 all have the shared goal of improving innovation or at least how it's measured. So, you know, we we track down people who are involved. We call them. You know, I spoke I spoke to to Dr. Finkel. I spoke to. Mm-hmm. Um, spoke to some some of the senior, um, I guess, bureaucrats that were involved in it as well, and yeah, they're they're they're, they're happy to talk and um, and uh, yeah, and, and highlight what what is pretty important work. That's amazing. That's very motivating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pick up the phone. I guess is the is is the message. People usually, you know, obviously that there's an element of trust with you telling their their story or that they're part of the story and. You, you take that very seriously, but um, but uh, yeah, people. I think surpri- people would be surprised by by how open people are to to a chat. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. It's funny. It reminds me again about product development for some reason because um, very often you do need insights from other people or people who've done something similar before or who are doing something similar in other geographic markets or so. And then very often. Or you just need feedback or so. And like the most magic word is can you or sentence is sort of can you help me? Mm, yeah, <laughs> like people are very willing to to yeah. help, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, that's a good Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's I mean it's one of the great things about being a journalist is, you know, came home uh and yeah, and and tell your family that you spoke to Dr. Alan Finkel earlier that day. Yeah. <laughs> You know, chief scientist and and sort of one of the most eminent experts in these areas, and yeah, um, yeah it's just it's a great part of the job, and and yeah, people are, are are very generous with their time. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting. It's very exciting to talk to an extra journalist. Like, it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone, not everyone thinks that way when they talk to a journalist, but uh, yeah, definitely with you, it's it is it is nice chatting. So, so what I'm wondering now is how many people actually read the the findings, or at least the you know the first the first interactive chapter, um, or the first chapters. What do you think? How many people actually looked into it to to what degree? 
Yeah, I, look, I, I can't say uh, is the short answer. I, I know there were people um, involved in the report, people following the report, people submitted, people took part in the public consultation. So I know there was there were uh, people keen to see it out there, um, and and you know that's not necessarily a lot of people, but um, but they are, I guess, important people in terms of innovation right. policy and and people in Australia's innovation ecosystem. So, um, yeah, I think I think not necessarily a lot of people, but certainly significant uh, people wanted, wanted this report out and, and I'm sure are reading it with great interest. Okay. So we need a responsible... So, so what we need in order to really kick this off is that responsible entity that the report talks about. So we yes. need to find out how can we make this happen and who can we help making it happen and uh, to be... To be uh, yeah, you know, to contribute to this, right? Yeah, so the recommendations are given in that priority order, but I, I think one of the sort of, I guess, prerequisites would be that entity uh, and, and that to, to sort of drive the annual reporting. And I think they would also have responsibility for research um, or, or for coordinating the research, not conducting it, but uh, coordinating right. it. Uh, yeah, and, and, and then all the other recommendations could be added, but but those were the establishing that entity and, and doing the annual reporting was the was I guess the baseline. But it's fair to conclude that that's the bottleneck. Like without yes, having yeah. that entity, nothing's gonna happen. Well, yeah. I mean a, a lot well, has happened of some experts have told me a lot has happened in the absence of this report, particularly at the state level. Um states have sort of begun yes. their own their, their their own ways of measuring or new yes. ways of measuring innovation. That's yes. the thing. But in terms of a national approach, it, it seems to me at least that this would have to be led from the federal government, uh, and there's no indication that that's coming yet. Uh, as I said, uh, Industry Minister Ed Husick released the report, and he said he sort of welcomes the public debate that's going to come from it. But uh, in terms of a formal government response, uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't hold my breath, I'll put it that way. Okay, so the formal government response would be necessary in order to create that responsible entity. Likely, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, I mean, I mean government, don't yeah. have a government background. Thank you for. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's typically how it happens. I mean, there's nothing right. to stop the right. um, going ahead anyway. But um, yeah, that would likely, I would imagine, want to propose something and then probably consult again on it. But uh, okay, yeah, that remains to be seen. I, I just recall all these chats um, about the problems with measuring in uh, for states, and you know, sort of complaining about, oh yeah, we don't have you know a national framework. And so adopting other frameworks or not doing anything, which is really not yeah. ideal, right? So this is really good. So how can this help um, in states? And, and even if one of the states adopts this or finds this useful, that's a good measure, especially yeah. in itself, yeah. of the usefulness. And then, okay, so we should have some conversations there as well. Okay like myself and maybe everybody that listens and, and, you know, can just ask questions. I think that's a good start, right? Just like is something happening, what's happening, you know, without. Yeah, definitely. Know, definitely. Yeah. Making... Have a read. You, you, know, you don't have to read the, the 500 pages, but the, the, there's a very good executive summary and a coach yeah. message and take a look at the scorecard. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like anything, there's, there's room, room to improve it, of course, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great, I think it's a great platform uh, to start with. Yeah, and the score the scorecard is not very threatening. So, no, uh, no, a lot of this stuff we're measuring already. Anyway, uh, yeah. just you know, collect it and give us a, a an annual um, an annual measure. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say, that's why I qualified twice already um, a little bit that it's not like nothing's happening. Some of these data do get collected. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are collected. Interestingly, the ABS has gone ahead and started to, they, they changed their business survey uh, to do exactly what the, the metrics review recommended, which was um, to, to, to collect, I guess, to ask new questions on innovation and, and to measure in sort of biannual uh, periods so that it was be, could better compare it to, uh, to, to the international measures. So they quietly went about and did that of their own accord. They, they obviously had seen that recommendation. It was a relatively inexpensive one to do. So they were able to do it within their existing budget and they've done that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's, I think there's plenty of, uh, plenty Great. of interest in, in, in getting this ball rolling. Fantastic. To, yeah. To the ABS credit, they've, they've started that, um, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you for giving me the incentive to dive into this paper and getting this started to, yeah, to understand it all and helping us all to, to make better sense of it. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, no problem, Elijah. And yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we shed a little bit more light on it. Thank you, Joseph. Anytime, Ilya. Thanks for having me.